Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of, of your son Jesus and the victory that was won on the cross and through your resurrection power, God. So we love you and we, we give you the glory and worship that you deserve today. And may that continue in this moment now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is good to be with you. Uh, one thing that's kind of uh, fun and, and cool is today, as Dave is not here with us, Pastor Dave is actually uh, at Bethany Bible Church preaching today, where the church he grew up in, where his dad was the pastor for so many years, and it's just kind of a fun thing, I think, for him to, to go and just be able to share uh, with them, I think, maybe for the first time in, I don't know, since when. So that's just kind of a fun thing for him, uh, but it is my pleasure to be able to continue in this series that we have in the book of Galatians, just uh, you know, just a few more sermons as we've been working our way through this great book and just excited about the gospel of freedom. And as you see here, the title today, and I encourage you to pull out your, your bulletins, the outline in there. We're going to be using it today. There's a little white piece of paper, blank sheet in there. We'll be using that as well. So don't, you know, draw a picture or whatever, you know, just keep it for use. <laughs> but uh, the title, The Fruit Shows the Walk. And, and as we think about that, just uh, think about, you know, maybe an indicator light in your car. Uh, you know, as an indicator light in newer cars, I feel like I just recently was able to have a car that had an indicator light. You know, previously it was, you know, no indicator lights. But, um, you know, where we have this indicator light in our car that shows us something. Something's wrong. Tire pressure. Something's wrong. Oil. Um, you know, oil pressure. All of that kind of stuff, right? Where we have these things. And we can choose to ignore them. And usually things will be okay for a little while. You know, even maybe a, a low gas indicator light. Things will be okay for a little while, but eventually, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn bad. And so these indicator lights show us something and that there needs to be some form of correction. And that's kind of a bit of what we're talking about today as we look into one of the most familiar, famous passages of Scripture that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And it is that the fruit of the Spirit shows the walk, as it talks about walking by the Spirit. So let's uh, open our Bibles and, and look at Galatians 5, 22. We'll read 22 to 26. Remembering back a couple weeks ago when Pastor Dave talked about the previous verses that were the deeds of the flesh. And then we had a whirlwind, kind of dream state, crazy week of VBS, and now we're back into Galatians. Okay? So uh, here we go. 522. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Okay, so that's our passage for today. The, that's what we'll be looking into this, you know, very familiar passage. And I think the challenge, there's a challenge for me as a preacher and communicator 
And there's a challenge for you as a listener when it's a passage that you know very well. Maybe you've grown up with it. You know, maybe it's very familiar to you. It's a challenge for you to really listen, I think, actually a little more carefully rather than just kind of thinking, yeah, 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 I got it. You know, fruit of the Spirit. We talked about that a lot probably over the course of my life. But, and maybe this is fresh to you, but I think we got to get into it here and really see what we're talking about. Now, we're going to flip it. We'll talk about the last two verses first, and then we'll get into that list there of the fruit. And this first thing here is in verse 25, this whole thing of if walk by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit. It is that, that sense, that, that thing we need to remember and know is that we are saved by the power of God. But not just saved by the power of God, we live our lives by the power of God. That it's the Spirit of God who saves us, but it's also the Spirit of God who gives us then the strength to live each day and to walk each day as a follower of Jesus. We don't just get saved and we're done, and that's not the only work of the Spirit. The Spirit works in our lives each day. We, we even in our vision statement, have that, that phrase that we are being changed by the gospel. We are continually being changed by the gospel. We were saved by Jesus' work. We were saved by the gospel, and we live each day by the gospel. Now, something that's interesting is that uh, in this passage where it says, walk by the Spirit, it also says, walk by the Spirit, just a little bit earlier in our NASB, it says, uh, walk by the Spirit here in verse 25. Then earlier in verse 16, it also says, walk by the Spirit. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then it went into all these deeds of the flesh. Now here, if we live by the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit. Now, there's actually, the interesting thing is these are actually two different Greek words. Okay, if you look in your bulletins and the outline there, it's got some of that uh, there for you. Verse 16 is this Greek word, peripateo, which means more, most often it just means normal walk. Like the person went and walked down the road, right? That kind of walk. Uh, it also just conduct one's life uh, to live out that way to walk. Now, uh, also in, in the Hebrew version of walk, it's this word halak. Now, halach also has then this other word that the rabbis would use, which is halakha. And the halakha was actually a, like a thing. The halakha was this, this uh, rule of life. It was a uh, kind of an ethic of life, a way of living ethically and socially. And so it's your walk. Right? And so even, you know, in that Christian-easy sort of way where we'll say, hey, how is your walk? You know, and somebody that's not a Christian and has never been in the, involved in the church says, like, why are you talking like that? Right? And so, but for us, that's some of the roots of that. So not just from these verses about, you know, that we would walk by the Spirit, but even uh, before that, into this, this rule of life. How you live your life, how you use and conduct your life is your walk. So that's some of, of where it is in verse 16. Now, verse 25 is this other Greek word, stoicheo. Now, stoicheo is more about uh, keeping in step. So it's also walk, but it is a sense of 
keeping in step or to walk in a line, to walk in a row, almost like a, like a military would, uh, a, a group of troops would be walking in a row or in order, okay? So that's the kind of uh, a verse we have here. And even maybe some of your translations actually say, keep in step with the Spirit in that spot, okay? So keep in step. So we think about keeping in step with the Spirit is what we're doing. And so what I love about, as it's kind of taken us from this deeds of the flesh into keeping in step with the Spirit, and then you have the fruit of the Spirit list here, is there's been this whole discussion through the book of Galatians, right? And it almost was probably for a few weeks, especially earlier in the series, you're just kind of like, are you really going to keep talking about the law versus freedom and, and all of that? Because it's just driving it over and over and over. And, and so I think that this passage actually has a lot of uh, the answer to the big question. Do we have to follow the law, you know, to be saved and to live? Or do we have complete freedom and liberty? Well, no, like that would be the deeds of the flesh. Like total, complete freedom and liberty is the deeds of the flesh. And then you have the law. But really the answer then, because what it seemed is just kind of like, you know, what's, what's the answer? What's the answer? It's here. It's the Spirit. It's walking by the Spirit. It's keeping in step with the Spirit of God is really how we live this gospel of freedom out. So what does that look like? I want to kind of talk some through that. You know, when I think about keeping in step with the Spirit, I, I think about as a little kid growing up, going to the beach, and, you know, there'd be the, the footprints. You'd see people's footprints in the sand, and don't worry, I'm not going to do the, the footprints illustration. Okay, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, the, it's just the normal, just when you see footprints, there'd be somebody in front of you. And I remember as a little kid, I'd try to put my footprints in the same footprints, you know, as that person in front of me, or, or in the snow, this kind of, this works as well. And, and sometimes as a kid, you're kind of doing bigger jumps, you know, and things like that. But you're trying to walk in step, and you're keeping in step. And I think that's, like, how we should think about this, that as we walk, we keep in step with these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, all of that. That we're walking in the same line as the Spirit. Not running here. Running is used in, in other uh, metaphors in the Scripture. But here we're walking. We're keeping in step. And it's a little bit of like where the Spirit moves you move, right? It's kind of a dance. You even have some metaphor in the scriptures of dance with the Holy Spirit, where you move, I move. Now, for me, that's not a beautiful thing, but it should be a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> but uh, there, there's this sense of, of keeping in step with, the, with our lead, with the dance partner that we would have, the Spirit of God. And so when we think of how's your walk, this is what we should be thinking about, keeping in step with the Spirit. Often, if someone says, how's your walk? I'll think either, how close do I feel to God, right? How close do I feel in this moment? Or I might think, well, how, how many times this week did I read my Bible? Or how much do I pray? How long are my prayers? Or things like that, right? Like I'll, I've totally gone through those seasons of life where that's the way I'm evaluating, you know, how my walk is or how well am I resisting certain temptations. And that's how my walk is. And here we would say, Hey, the indicator is the fruit of the Spirit, keeping in step, keeping in step with the fruit of the Spirit. And that leads us here to then this next point, that the fruit of the Spirit shows that we are walking by the Spirit. The fruit is the indicator of the walk. The fruit is the evidence 
of the walk. It should be helpful to you as we look through this list of what are the fruit, the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, that you can have a sense of, okay, am I walking by the Spirit or have I maybe gotten off track? Uh, Now, one reminder before we start going through the whole thing is this is one fruit, okay, with different aspects. All nine of these words describe one fruit. You don't get to choose, <laughs> All right? You don't choose. This is, isn't even spiritual gifts. It's different, okay? It's not that some are given one, some are given another. No, no. This is the fruit of the Spirit, maybe with nine different flavors, okay? It's kind of, you know, it's, it's one of those hard-to-express things, a little bit like the Trinity, three in one. This is nine in one. One fruit. You don't get to pick. It's all of them. All are to be being displayed out of our lives, but we'll see why this isn't just all about us. So let's talk through it. What are the parts of the fruit of the Spirit? So encourage you, if you haven't, you can look here on the back of the bulletin outline. Uh, you've got this all lined up. Now, I will say the majority of this, this, these uh, descriptions of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are from a theologian and pastor named Tim Keller, uh, who's a great uh, thinker and author, and just uh, a lot of this. There's a lot of different—there's been so much work on this, okay, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And so this is um, kind of like one take on it, although it's very consistent, I believe. But you'll find other takes. I even encourage you to, to dig deep deeper even into looking into this whole thing. And so we'll have them on the screen here as well. So let's go through them. Let's just go through them. And as we go through them, I encourage you, because we'll be doing some sort of self-assessing, I encourage you to be doing self-assessing even as we go through it. So even if you want to grab the pen and maybe in the the margins of that that, uh, outline there, you can jot some notes of, man, here's a, a way that I feel like I'm these are some things I'm doing well in, or here's some areas that are a little bit more uh, of a struggle for me or area of weakness. And we'll talk through a, a description of the word, then it's opposite, and then it's counterfeit. Now, I believe that the enemy most often tries to tempt us or deceive us, not through opposites, but through counterfeits, okay? Deceptions are going to be more through ways of of misunderstanding or, or just skewing in some way the pure, uh, you know, essence of what that thing is. Uh, actually, Brandon Elrod, one of our—the uh, members of our church, has even uh, wrote a, a book called The Work of the Holy Spirit. It's in our bookstore, and he talks a lot in there about how the enemy uses counterfeits in all sorts of ways to deceive us. And really who, you know, Satan and his demons are, are counterfeits of God, the Holy Spirit, and his angels. And, you know, and so that's just important sense for us to understand. So let's go through it relatively quickly, but we'll see them all. Okay, so love— To serve a person for their good and intrinsic value, not for what that person brings you. Okay, it's it's a selfless love. It's a godly love. Now, the opposite of that would be fear or self-protection or abuse. But the counterfeit is selfish affection, where you are attracted to someone and treat them well because of how they make you feel about yourself. Okay, or how just what good it comes for you. Okay, so first is love. Uh, Then we have joy. Joy, a delight in God for the sheer beauty and worth of who he is. That we have this great delight in this, this, even this sense of our life that we are filled with contentment and, and what is even would be perceived as happiness. 
but it comes from a delight in God and who he is. The opposite of joy, hopelessness or despair, but the counterfeit, an elation that's based on experiencing blessings, not the blesser, causing mood swings based on circumstances. All right, so you got that difference sometimes even between joy and happiness, where joy persists throughout whatever circumstance you would have. All right, so we got love, we have joy. Remember, keep thinking about yourself and thinking about where these things kind of come in for you. All right, the next one is peace. Peace, a confidence and rest in the wisdom and control of God rather than your own. Ah, you have a peace because you can rest in the fact that God has got it all under control. And the opposite of that is where anxiety and worry come into our life. But the counterfeit, again, is interesting. It's indifference, apathy, or the sense like where I don't care about this so that I don't get hurt, right? I don't, I'm just going to choose not to care, and then it does, I can have peace because I don't care what happens in this situation. That's not what God wants for us. That's not peace. That's apathy, okay? So peace. Love, joy, peace, patience. Patience, this ability to face trouble without blowing up or hitting out. Okay, is the way Tim Keller specifically describes this one. All right, this ability to face trouble, that we will face trouble in our lives. We'll face things that are frustrating or annoy us. Or, you know, we think of patience as something that makes us wait a long time. You know, driving, that's my biggest weakness. Okay, uh, you know, it's just like, ah! freak out and uh, just hurry up everybody you know and and but patience is described in our life more in the serious things that happen in our life the opposite resentment toward God and others and then the counterfeit and see if this is in in you see if this is a struggle but this again cynicism or lack of care this is too small to care about is this this uh, counterfeit to what real patience is Okay? So we keep going. Kindness. Kindness. An ability to serve others in a way which makes me vulnerable comes from having a deep inner security. And that's, again, kind of that, that joy and all of, you know, all these sort of build on each other in some way. But you have this way that we can be kind and caring and serving to other people, but even in a way that where I might be vulnerable in some way. It doesn't matter about me. And then the opposite is that envy, where we're unable to rejoice in someone else's joy, right? We're unable to be happy when something goes someone else's way. And then the counterfeit is where we have these manipulative good deeds, where we're doing good for someone so that what we can get out of it, or so we can congratulate ourselves, all of that. Kindness. All right, we're getting through it. Goodness. Integrity. Being the same person in every situation, okay? That goodness is actually connected to integrity. And the opposite's a phony or a hypocrite. And then the counterfeit, here you'll see with this one, being truthful without love. You know, a lot of times we have a struggle either with one, one way of ordering this sentence, okay? And the next way we'll do it the other way. But we can be truthful with people, but we don't have love in the way that we're truthful. That this, I'm just going to get this off my chest so I can feel better or look better. All right, then faithfulness, loyalty, courage, to be utterly reliable and true to your word. That's this faithfulness and faithfulness to God. The opposite is an opportunist. You're only a friend, you know, in good times or when you would get something. And then the counterfeit is to be loving but not truthful. Okay, so sometimes we can appear loving without being truthful. All of that. All right, so then we keep going. Almost done. Gentleness, humility, self-forgetfulness, mildness. 
And then that opposite is to be superior, self-absorbed, and then you're, you're rough throughout that. But the counterfeit is weakness or inferiority, that it is not weak to be gentle. All right, and then finally, self-control. The ability to pursue the important over the urgent and temperance, okay, a sense of temperance, all right? To be the opposites, to always be impulsive or always to be uncontrolled. And then the counterfeit is a willpower based on pride or self, all right? This need to be in control of all things. Self-control is not just willpower based on self. All right, so we've gone through the list, all right? That's kind of like a little bit of getting through it, but also just you got to be able to understand that and to understand where you have the, you know, the counterfeits, the opposites. And I want you to be able to think about this. What areas of this, these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are you feeling a sense of, of confidence about? And then others where you're feeling like, ah, I, I feel like these are a struggle for me. And then what we want to do here is we want to have a sense of yielding to the Spirit's work in our life, of saying, Lord God, please work in my life in these ways. Holy Spirit, display your fruit in my life, to seek God in that. And so we ask that question, are these things displayed in our lives? You know, how are these? Are, are, are we displaying these fruit of the Spirit? Or are we displaying the deeds of the flesh that were just in those prior verses? 19 to 21, where you have all these different deeds of the flesh. From immorality and impurity and sensuality to disputes and factions and envying and drunkenness. All these different deeds of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I think what's uh, interesting as you think through these things in your lives, is remember, the deeds of the flesh are just that. Deeds of self. Deeds of you in your flesh. Now, then if we then look at the contrast and the language that Paul could have used here, okay? He could have said the deeds of the flesh, right, and the fruit of the flesh. However, he says deeds of the flesh or works of the flesh and then the fruit of the Spirit, that these are actually being worked out, and this fruit is being bore, not by you. It's not the fruit you are bearing. It's the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So we yield to the Spirit's work, and we ask the Spirit of God to do that work in our life. And we then keep in step, right? We keep in step with the Spirit. Now you see this line, right? This line coming up the room, and it's going all the way up the stage. And I want us to Think about this illustration of keep in step. Remembering that to keep in step is walking in a line like a row of troops or something like that, right? Like that's part of the definition. And so, you know, it's kind of like us walking a line. And what I want us to think about is that we are walking in line with the gospel. We are walking in line with the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit's steps. We, we fix our eyes on Jesus, right? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and then we walk. We keep in step with love with joy, with peace, with patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, for such there is no law, right? And, uh, but that's how we keep in step with the Spirit. And we keep in step with, with Him and in His work in our lives and His power. And out of that, keeping in step with Him, the Spirit gives us strength. 
The Spirit gives us power. The Spirit gives us willpower that's from Him and and not from ourselves. And so we keep in step with Him. And we want to walk in Him. And then what happens is, when we begin to look towards something other than Jesus, and we look to something other than keeping in step with the Spirit, we'll get off track, right? As we look to something, and it could be one of these deeds of the flesh, okay? It could be something outrageously horrible, right? It could be these things of drunkenness and carousing and sensuality, you know, these words that seem so uh, big to us. But it could be, as well, it could be a sense of, you know, I'm going to trust in my own ability to resist temptation versus trusting in and keeping in step with the Spirit. It could be even disputes and factions where we have these strong disagreements with each other, these deeds of the flesh that are these unhealthy sorts of disagreements with one another, where we're tearing others down or envying others in that way instead of keeping in step with the Spirit. And so then the role of the church, of us, the church, not pastors and all that, the church, the the body of believers gathered here, us as a church, when we see a friend who is looking to something other than Jesus— We lovingly pray for them, and we help them to say, hey, keep your eyes fixed on Christ. You know, we lovingly come alongside and walk with them, right? We walk with one another as we keep in step with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that. But what happens, right, for us is often we'll we'll get off track just a little bit. And now I know, uh, think about parallel lines, right? And, you know... When we were learning in school or whatever, where if you got two parallel lines and they're perfectly parallel, they'll just go on forever and ever and ever, right? That's that keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, if you just take one of those lines and you just, just tick it over just the tiniest little bit, you know that maybe today and tomorrow it's not going to look that different. But over time is where you see that parallel line will eventually be drifting way, way far away and is no longer keeping in step with the Spirit. I remember... Uh, for myself, uh, one time I realized I was uh, off track a bit. Um, was I, I remember I talked with you, I don't know, it was maybe a month ago or something, I was talking about uh, some of my time in high school and got involved in some things, partying and things I, I shouldn't have been doing and had this, this time where about halfway through my senior year where the Holy Spirit really convicted me and I repented and got back uh, my life sort of back on track, right? Um, it was a little bit before that, though, there was a, a reminder to me of a way that, uh, or just a, something happened in my life, something I did where I was like, oh, I think this is, uh, I'm off track. And it was one night, uh, fall of my senior year in high school, and it's kind of crazy to think that's like 25 years ago. But um, to think about, um, to think about where, so this one night my friends and I were bored. And that's always a problem with 17-year-old boys. Uh, but <laughs> four of us were bored, and we decided this was well after midnight, and we decided, let's go jump off the pier. And it was the—we we lived down in, like, San Clemente area. San Clemente Pier's too crowded, too much stuff around the pier. Newport, same thing, too far. But the Aliso Pier, uh, which doesn't even exist anymore, because this is back in 1991. I mean, the montage wasn't built. That Aliso Creek area is pretty, you know, just kind of dead. But there's a pier there. It's not even there anymore. It's gone. Uh, but this pier also is one of the higher piers, so we thought it would be fun. So we put our, we go out, we drive, we park uh, around the corner up the street from the parking lot, because we didn't want to park in the parking lot, uh, in case we needed to make a quick getaway. But then um, we... 
we went, we put our full wetsuits on, and we were pretty like, confident. This group of guys and I, I mean, we, we surfed, we spearfished, snorkeled, all that kind of stuff. And so we went and uh, we went out to the end of the pier in our full suits. We're all excited, and we step out over the ledge. It's a really high pier. It's also night, so it's, it, you know, it looks like it's even higher than it really is. And we jump off, and woo, it's exciting. We hit the water, and we swim in. Swimming in's a little creepy at night, you know, in the ocean at night. And then we get in, and we're like, let's do it again. So we do. We run out to the end of the pier, and we jump off the pier again, and just that rush of adrenaline, and we swim in. Takes a little while. We're probably getting a little louder uh, than we should be. And then we hit the beach, and we let's do it again. So we go out to the end of the pier, and we jump off again, and about Halfway as we're swimming in, all of a sudden we see this, and the floodlights come on from the parking lot. And you hear the, attention swimmers, this is the police, please exit the water and approach the vehicle. And we're like, oh no, we're swimming in. And my friend, right before we hit the water, there's four of us, right before, I mean right before we hit the sand, he says, let's run. <laughs> And, I, and we said, okay. <laughs> and we literally did. We ran, and we get up, and we get out of the water, and we just bolt south. And about, I don't know, 10 steps into this idea, I'm just thinking, my life has gotten off track. <laughs> what have I done, right? I'm just running south. And we are running, and, and we don't look back, and we, it's kind of these rocky outcroppings down there in the South Laguna area, and we're going up and over these, these rocks, and we actually come up and over one rock, and we see these people, these kind of stoner potheads are having this, like, having a little fire, and they're smoking weed. And we just run by them thinking, yes, maybe the cops will get them instead of us. Because <laughs> in 1991, they still cared about that. But, um, you know, <laughs> but so we're running past them, and we bolt past those guys, and we don't look back. I honestly, at this point, don't know if the police were just like, ugh, I'm not getting my feet sandy, you know, and just don't even, don't even go. But we kept running, and we see this down there, too. Uh, if you can picture it, there's a big bluff, like a cliffside bluff. And we go down, and we climb up the bluff into this house. There was a house up at the top that was just framed only, okay? It was just being built, just framed. We go through that house, down this private beach, down the next beach south, and we hide for like an hour, <laughs> And then we just hide down there. And then we eventually sort of, you know, go back to our car and we drive home. And we never got caught. Got away with it. My parents never knew. Nothing happened at all. Just completely got away with it. But I will tell you that I laid my head down on my pillow that night and stared up at my ceiling and said to myself, maybe not in these exact words, but my life has gotten off track. What in the world am I doing, you know? I mean, we're stupid kids jumping off piers. I mean, we're not like in a gang or something, you know? But we're, we're just making decisions that were just not good decisions. My life has gotten off track. That was an, a pretty strong indicator light for me at that moment that I was not exercising self-control. <laughs> that I was not, you know, having this kind of life that was exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Like I was just, I was running from police. And at that moment thinking, 
you know, I mean, I, I'm this kid that was National Honor Society, and I had all my college applications out, and I'm running from police. What am I doing here? And, and so just thinking, like, okay, I need to get my life back on track. And I think that's even the beginnings of sort of the Holy Spirit working in me to that point then of repentance and, and turning and, and getting my life back into keeping in step with the Spirit. So we walk in line with the gospel. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That fruit of the Spirit is the indicator. Now the beautiful thing that's kind of shown in verse 24 that we need to remember is that Jesus' walk to the cross allows us to walk in the Spirit. Amen to that? Jesus' walk to the cross allows us to walk in the Spirit, that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives because of God's blessing, right? Because God did this work of Jesus coming and living this perfect life and, and Him going to the cross to take the sins of the world upon Himself, that He died as that sacrifice for our sins, that His shed blood paid the price for our sins, but then He rose again in power over sin and death, and His Walk, his work then, allows us to walk in the Spirit. As he ascends into heaven and the Holy Spirit is given after that. And the Holy Spirit now indwells every believer. That we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we keep in step. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I remember the kid's song and it helps me remember, okay? So that's how I remember all the words of those. So now is our time, then, for assessment. Okay, again, assessment, prayer, yielding. So we'll have a time now as we move into a time of worship where we have a chance to just continue to pray through, to look at this list, maybe some notes that you jotted, and look at that list and think through all of that. Lord, like, what are you doing in my life? How can I yield more to your work in my life to display the fruit of the Spirit as an indicator that I'm walking by the Spirit, okay? And so what we're going to do is you'll see uh, in your bulletins, there's that white piece of paper as well. Hopefully you got one. If you don't, you know, grab an envelope or something, something you can write on, and you, you can write on this. And what I'd like you to write on, and the directions to it are, again, on the front page of the bulletin. But what I'd love to have you do is on this blank piece of paper, you write down whether it's a deed of the flesh from that list or if it's one of those counterfeits or opposites, something in your life where you, you want to say, Lord, I want to exchange this counterfeit for the real thing. I want to exchange this deed of the flesh for a fruit of the Spirit. And then what we'd ask you to do then is come to one of these stations around the room and take that paper and write with whatever's written on it, crumple it up and drop it in the bucket. Okay, there's a bucket there. Crumple it up and drop it in the bucket. And then on the tables, there's this piece of paper that just displays the fruit of the Spirit, what the fruit of the Spirit are. Okay? And then take this, exchange the lie for the truth. And maybe if you, if you want, you can keep this in your Bible. You can put it up somewhere in your home where you'll remember. And just to consider that the fruit of the Spirit is this indicator in our lives. 
And as we have that time, since we're doing that, what we have is we also have communion at the stations around the room. I do want to say we will, uh, some, at another point this month as well, pass communion, okay? But today we have a chance to come to the stations. If you have someone sitting near you that you're with that, that can't get up for whatever reason, it would just be great if you could come bring it to them and serve them and help them in that way. Uh, and so come and remember that Jesus has walked to the cross gives us the ability to walk in the Spirit, right? And just we remember what Jesus has done. So as we sing, as we worship, come to these different points throughout the room, as well as we will have people, we'd love for any leaders in our church to come to these prayer points and be available. I'll be available, and we can be available for prayer as we worship through music. So let's take that time to assess, to write, to crumple, and exchange the counterfeit, exchange the lie for the truth of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we love you so much. God, I, I just say, I, I thank you for the joy that comes from you, Lord. I thank you for that joy in my life. Lord, I, do, I, even, I just pray, Lord, for the, the ways that I know that, that patience is difficult for me, God. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that your spirit would work in my life to display patience that comes from you, God. So I pray for that. Lord, and I pray for each one here today, Lord, that is considering these things that we've talked about, these fruit, Lord, the fruit of the spirit, God. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would work mightily in each person's life that we might keep in step with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.